This is the Own It Show, where we tell stories of how everyday people made ownership theirs to create extraordinary success. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Own It Show. I'm Justin. And I'm Elise. Welcome to the show. And as you can see, we are in different locations today. Not often the case, but Elise is back home in Florida on the usual couch that we have coach conversations on. And I'm in Dallas. And as you guys have known, everybody that we bring on has such extraordinary stories and really unique uh, backgrounds that have ultimately made them successful. And the guest today has created a company that is really what we say different. And he's owned that different and he's owned that space. And it's ultimately become very, very uh, successful in its uh, in its entirety. And uh, we're going to get into it, everything a little bit deeper, but ultimately taking a company uh, over the last, I think, five years, Jimmy, six years to a $400 million valuation um, and growing and is chasing Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, two brands that are absolutely powerhouses, especially in the American economy, and just changing the game. And it's so exciting to see somebody that has taken a dream, done whatever they've wanted, and have truly owned it and now created that extraordinary success. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for taking the time out of your crazy busy day, busy schedule to uh, join us here on the Own It Show. Guys, I am pumped to be here. Justin and Elise, thank you guys for having me. This will be this will be a fun one. I've been looking forward to this. So, Jimmy, first question here. How do you take your coffee? Oh, let's go. Uh, I do. So I'm very particular. I do black coffee in the morning. um, First thing, usually with some water. And then I do one super coffee before noon. If I'm lucky, that's all I'm drinking. I I, I definitely have a hard stop of uh, caffeine at noon. Otherwise, it it trickles into the uh, into the night. Then that means you're up until uh, a week later. A week. Exactly. One week. Uh, <laughs> I've never been a, I've never been a night person, even in college, I wasn't pulling all nighters to study and stuff. So go to bed early, wake up early and, and slam some coffee. I love it. Jimmy, kind of give us some background as to how this whole process started. Like what inspired you to lean into coffee and then want to create this absolute juggernaut? Did, did you always want to do that? Or was it something that just kind of naturally occurred and, and, and what was that story like? Yeah. So, uh, never did I dream of selling coffee for a living. Um, and certainly I've never dreamt of working with my two little brothers who are my, my co-founders. Uh, that wasn't part of the plan, but I, my, my brothers and I, we all played sports in college and our youngest brother, Jordan was just looking to get more energy out of a healthy, a healthy beverage in the morning. And the only thing his, his school store offered was the Starbucks Frappuccino that had 46 grams of sugar and 300 calories in it. And he said, I'm not going to drink this. It tastes good. It's not good for me. And it doesn't give me energy. Uh, so he started brewing coffee in his dorm room that, that tasted good, was good for him. And it gave him energy. And it was organic coffee enhanced with protein and healthy fats known as MCT oil, uh, sweetened with monk fruit. So 100% sugar free, only 70 calories per bottle. He was like, look, this stuff tastes like a Frappuccino, but it's actually good for me. And, and I feel the, the benefits. And once he, he realized that he wasn't the only person that's, that faced that issue, he ended up dropping out of school to, to start Super Coffee. And my, two, my, my middle brother and I, Jake, uh, we, uh, we joined him. It's amazing. And I'm sure on your journey to do this and become CEO, like you weren't 
you had you ever started a business before yourself? Have you ever ran a business before? And what problems or um, barriers have you come up against throughout this? Yeah, man. So I, I mean, never started a business before. I'd never even sold lemonade as a kid. You know, like I wasn't very entrepreneurial in that regard. I, I uh, studied philosophy and writing at a liberal arts school and, and up until super coffee, I didn't know what the term startup meant. You know, I didn't, I've never seen a pitch deck before. I didn't know how to make a business plan. I, I really didn't, it was all foreign to me. Um, but the, the beverage industry was simple enough, you know, like you, you, you make a product that people can taste and feel and, and, and purchase at a, at a store. And, uh, the more of those products that you sell, the better the business does. And we're like, that's, that's simple enough. You know, you're telling us all we got to do is stock a lot of shelves and, and when those shelves sell out, stock more of them like that, that seems pretty, pretty easy. And we figured out how to make it, uh, in the early days it was really just the three of us brewing coffee at this old, old factory in Baltimore. And uh, we'd brew it ourselves. We'd make our own deliveries. We were too small for distributors. Distributors didn't want to carry us. And, and uh, retailers wouldn't put us into chains until we had a full distribution network. So uh, my, my brothers and I, we, we made all of our deliveries for the first two years. And, and uh, before, after that, we, we were able to raise some real money and, and get with the big guys. That's a great story. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons why we, we asked you to be on the show is because um, clearly you're somebody who lives in, in what we call ownership. And one of the elements of live, living in ownership means being able to fail, but then learn from those failures and, and recognize like, Hey, there's actually growth in this failure. There's opportunity in this failure. So what, what I'm really curious, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners want to, want to understand is what does your personal story look like for you on, on this, this growth to, literally taking something from zero to 400 million. I mean, tell us about your, your personal journey and your personal venture throughout this. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I'm, I'm a very different person today than I was when I was 22, when we got started today, today I'm uh, 29, I guess 23 is when we got started six years ago. Um, So I'm 29 years old today. and, And I've always, my brothers and I have always been competitive compassionate, you know, hard workers. I think a lot of who we are as people, like our, our identity is, is closely tied to uh, growing up as athletes and, and being a part of team sports and the work and effort and, and um, sort of lessons that come with that, whether it's in the weight room in the off season or, or early morning sprints during, during practice, like those, those things really leave a mark on you and, and sort of trickle into to your, your, your business life. Um, that said, what was required of me as a leader when I was 23 and it was just me and my two brothers is very different than what's required of me today. Now that we're 140 full-time people, we have over 200 investors, we're sold in all 50 states. Uh, so I, I think putting in the work for me personally, like the, the biggest change over the last six years, like all my values are still the same. I'm still the same kid that I was, but like I needed to grow up faster than the business was growing. And I, I think that that is a, a difficult thing to do. Um, it's, it's always uncomfortable, you know, but that's, that's kind of the growth edge that, that you need to lean into. So um, within the last couple of years, we, we brought on an executive coach who we work with on a regular basis. I see a therapist once a week just to make sure that, that my head's on straight. Uh, and then really my, my number one focus, both um, socially at home and, and professionally at work is maintaining high quality relationships through communication, doing the things that I like to do uh, and surrounding myself with people who are, are energy giving rather than energy draining. Uh, 
Um, so those are just sort of some, some tips and tricks that, that I've learned along the way to, to really sustain um, my performance as, as the company continues to grow. We like to call those energy vampires. Energy <laughs> vampires, stay away from yeah. Those. yeah. Yeah, we don't need so any. So I'm, I'm super curious to hear from you. Oftentimes, like when we go through something that feels so detrimental, like the world is falling down around us, this terrible failure, later on, we, we see the clarity in it and that actually it was something we had to go through to get to a certain point. Can you give us an example of when you were in it, you were like, oh God, this is the worst thing in the world. But then you go through it and however much time it takes to process it and actually see a different result, you realize you had to go through that to get to, get to where you are today. Tell us about a, this, a time in which that happened to you. Yeah, it's such a great question because I, I feel like this happens more often than not to, to a lot of people where you might be in that grind or you might be in that moment and you don't realize it until until afterwards. And I think the one that jumps out at us immediately is is making deliveries for those first eight, 18 months where we started with one store and, and we became the best selling bottle of coffee in that store. We delivered every day. We, we put product on the shelves and then we took that sales data to the next store and and all the while you're learning the basic fundamentals of the business. You know, we're going to the loading dock at the back of Whole Foods Market, giving an invoice to the receiver and stocking the shelves, buying the, the, the dairy manager in stores to really build out our displays. And that ground game, it was such a physical grind. You know, we were waking up at 4 a.m., loading up the van, making eight to 10 hours of deliveries that day, and then going home to do a full day's worth of administrative work, whether it was marketing or accounting or, or whatever it was. Um, so when we were in it, it was very taxing and exhausting, but it was those lessons and those experiences that really taught us the foundation of our industry. And what we've learned is success in this industry doesn't require anything special other than being great at the fundamentals. And we emphasize that with our team on a daily basis. Like we have to be the best at doing what we say we're going to do specifically at the store level, stocking shelves, building, building shelf space, uh, pouring samples that we, we call it the boring basics and learning that the hard way was really such, such a gift for us early on in, in super coffee's history. I love what you say there because you go back and you describe this and it's such humble beginnings. It's, it, it's a single store. It's learning the way that you call it the ground game, the boring basics. I, I love those things because it's, it's the ability to show up in that level of humility. And obviously you were able to do that and you were able to do that really well. How do you maintain that high level of quality that you talk about high quality relationships, high quality products, high quality manufacturing, high quality uh, results. Once you've now been named uh, the beverage industry's brand of the year and uh, are coming up a 400 million and uh, have a team of 140, like how do you maintain that culture and how do you maintain that level of humility that was you stocking, producing, and showing up every single day six years ago? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, man. It's something that is a, is a consistent, constant journey for us, uh, but it, it all comes down to core values, right? What do we value as individuals, as human beings? What do we want our company to, to value? And I mean, a brand is, is simply an extension of the people who work there and, and the brand personality, the brand DNA is really going to be the values of the people within the organization. And in, in 2017, we put pen to paper and we said, 
what is important to us as three men, right? Jimmy, Jake, and Jordan as, as, as three young men, three, three founders of this company. What do we want our company to be known for? And it was certain things like work hard and be nice to people, you know, and, and uh, be compassionate, be curious, always asking questions, always learning, optimistic, you know, believe in a better future and be willing to put in the work to create it. And through, through several of those, I mean, this wasn't a, it's not like we sat down in a room and came out with the answers uh, through several months of iteration and, and collaboration with our, our chief creative officer, we came up with an acronym called coach and, and coach stands for curious, optimistic, ambitious, compassionate, and humble. And each one of those words is, is really broken out within our, our company DNA on what it means to, to live up to those values. So at Super Coffee, we call each other coaches. We're like, what's up, coach? How you doing? As a, sort of as a reminder that one, we all pledged to live up to these values. Two, when you're clear about values in, in a way like that, it attracts people who already embody those things, right? And, and, and that I think that's the biggest piece because like today we don't have, we it it's, doesn't make sense it, it, like I'd be spending all my time and I still wouldn't have enough time to train people one-on-one, -on -one, you know? So there, there, there needs to be this, this certain level of uh, expectation that comes in. And, and we know that the people we attract are, are sort of measured up against those, those coach values. Um, so I, I think that's, that's really how you scale it is, is by being clear what's important to you and, and attracting those people who share those values. I love that. That's uh that's really powerful. And it's, it's right. It like the, the acronym coach itself is sounds like so in alignment with who you are and how you were raised. And the fact that, you know, your you and your brothers are all very like athletic focused and athletic minded. Totally. Um, another one of the things that Justin and I talk a lot about when it comes to, to ownership is being able to lead yourself, lead yourself first. Like there's a really important component of having the self-awareness to know, like, here's where I have to level up. Um, here's what I do well. And, and as a result, by knowing that I'm going to create my own personal plan for myself to be the best version of myself so that I can then show up for the, the best version of, of my team. Um, and clearly if that, if that's something you didn't practice, you would not be in the shoes that you're in today. So tell us a little bit about how, how you, you practice your own self-leadership. Yeah. And I, I think somebody calls it the air mask principle, right? Before you take care of yourself, take care, or sorry, before you can take care of others, you have to take care of yourself first. Exactly. And I, I, I think that really over the last couple of years, I've, I've begun to, to prioritize that, you know, because I can't take care of the business. I can't be the, the leader that, that people I work with require every day if I'm not in a good physical and mental place. Um, so given how, how much we identify with, with still being athletes growing up, uh, like physical fitness is super important to me. And, and I find that the, the harder I train or, or uh, the more physical activity I'm doing, the better I show up mentally at work. Those things sort of go hand in hand. And it's, that might not be a solution for everybody, but for me, it makes me feel safe and, and productive and, and, and energized. Um, I definitely begun prioritizing sleep you know, and, and sort of just being kinder to myself. If, if uh, I mean, we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves in the early days to be up at four or five o'clock in the morning, uh, always just working on the business, whether we're sending emails or making deliveries or, or just, just working, you know, we wanted to always be busy and, and make sure that we were putting as, um, enough time and energy into, into growing the company. 
And now I found that like, there's always going to be work to be done, but the work stops when you stop. And, and for me, like I've been being more gracious with myself uh, and and giving myself some, some, I don't know, not forgiveness, but let's say my alarm goes off at five and and I snooze till six 30, like that's okay. You know, if, if I needed that 90 minutes of sleep, that's, I'm going to be better for my team than had I got up begrudgingly. Um, so little things like that. And obviously like nutrition is super important to us. So, uh, getting dialed in on what foods make me feel good or, or vice versa on what foods may, might, may make me feel personally sleepy and, uh, just going sort of optimizing with what I snack on during the day. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's certainly a combination of, um, both physical and mental components. Like you have to make sure you, I think without even knowing it, you named half of our eight controllables in there, sleep, nutrition, self-care, like making sure you, you have the right mindset and that you're, you're showing up for yourself first so that you can, you can truly show up for others as well. Totally. And, and Jimmy, you live it because, uh, where we got connected was, uh, obviously, obviously at Brian Maz's, uh, HPLT and, uh, the HPLT games guys, it's think about it as a, uh, a CrossFit esque type component, but more, high power cardiovascular driven. And this guy's an absolute animal. He ended up winning everything and uh, just an absolute champion to be able to just compete against and just see the character in which he showed up with. So it, it's so exciting. Can, J- Jimmy, can you one more time go through the um, that coach acronym just for our listeners? Yeah. yeah. So I'll fly through it once and then maybe give a, a brief description of, of how we live them. So first C is curious. O is optimistic, A is ambitious, C is compassionate, and H is humble. I think curious is we're always learning. You know, we, we're always asking questions. We're always getting better. As the world changes around us, we need to evolve and change with it. Uh, and you can't really do that with uh, uh, unless you're curious. Um, and the, part of the reason we call each other coach is we believe we have as much to, to learn from each other as we do to teach. So we're, we are each other's coaches. And that inherently is a, is a humble mindset, optimistic. Uh, we believe in a better future and we're willing to put in the work to create it ambitious. Uh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna sell our company to Coca-Cola. We're going to acquire Coca-Cola, right? Thinking big, thinking disruptively. How can we, how can we change America's food paradigm? Uh, see the second C is compassionate. Be nice to all people. Always, you know, we say work hard and be nice to people. If you work hard and you're an asshole, we don't want to work with you, right? I don't care how productive you are uh, and vice versa. If you're, if you're just nice to people and you don't work hard, like maybe we can be friends, but there's, there's not really of any, any use to us uh, on our team. And then humble is, is humility, right? Or the, the, the second, or the final letter H is, is humility. And uh, I think that's, that's critical. It's a critical part of a growth mindset and this sort of attitude to always be learning curiosity and humility go hand in hand i absolutely love it it's just such a great way to always bring that culture back and way in which you can uh, help coach people on this within your team that doesn't rely on you solely but really on the actions in which you put forth i know something that i i'd love to understand especially just like when we talk about hardships and not that it was a hardship for you guys, but you now have 200 investors. And when you first started, you went on Shark Tank, you didn't get the deal. 
And for a lot of people that can be crushing, it can be like, oh, is it, is it, is it, are we doing something wrong? Is it like these really smart people who everyone puts on a pedestal have said, nope, that's not for us. And we can't find a way in which uh, we can, we can level this together. But now you've got 200 investors, you've got a $400 million company that is just on fire and continuing to drive at a like revenue growth of 106%, like it's wild, only chasing again, Dunkin' and Starbucks. It, it's, it's, it's incredible to see that. What did you go through mentally in order to overcome that and be able to continue just nose to the grindstone, believe in what you do, show up every day and perform? Yeah, I think if you look up at like the top of the mountain, whatever that mountain may be, call it for us, call it Starbucks, right? They, 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 when we started, they controlled 90% of the bottled coffee category. They were a $2 billion revenue a year company just in bottled coffee alone. And you look at that from three kids in a dorm room and you're like, how the hell are we ever going to do that? You know, how are we ever going to get there? Like it's, it's so overwhelming and daunting and, and seemingly impossible. Right. Um, well, the, the way you, you move a mountain is, is one stone at a time. And, and I think for the last six years, we've done the little things well, where you show up every day, you put in the work, I think doing, focusing on the fundamentals and having discipline to say no to opportunities that may be outside of our, our main areas of focus has, has been a, a critical key to success. But if you do that enough time, add more people to the team, you add more stores that you're selling in, uh, you add more investors, more distributors, uh, one day you'll look up and you're, you're getting pretty damn close to the top of that mountain, right? So I, I, I think not losing sight of the big picture by focusing on the day-to-day grind. You know, it's like you, we have to be great at the basics, no matter how boring or, or mon- monotonous and, and like repetitive they become. It's, it's so great in, in how you guys operate because you guys have just been on an absolute tear. And I want to bring one of your collaborations together because it's just coming out. It's so cool. I'd love to know who is behind it and how it came to be, but they just partnered or collaborated with Poopery, which duh, obviously coffee <laughs> and the toilet first thing in the morning, it's a part of everybody's routine. How did, how did this whole thing come to be? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely funny and and as obvious as it is, probably a bit unexpected from a brand like us. Um, and so I got recently got connected to Susie Batiste, who's the uh, the CEO of Poopery. They're based up in Dallas. Susie became a a good friend through one of our investors. She's she's awesome, um, super successful female founder, badass entrepreneur. And she's like Jimmy, I've been waiting for ten years to do this. I I created this amazing coffee scent, just waiting for the right partner to come along. And we figured in a, in a challenging year, like 2021, uh, to end it with a a, a bit of a fun partnership collaboration that, I mean, that's, that's the taboo, right? Is like speaking about going to the bathroom is uncomfortable, but you said it yourself, we all do it. Right. So like, Hey, you're going to drink this coffee. It's going to make you go to the bathroom. And now we can make your bathroom smell good too. You know, it was just fun and, and exciting and uh, a little bit different for us. How fun is that? And the power of synchronicity, right? Everything happens for a reason. Clearly she was waiting for, for you guys and you were the right partner and now it's happening. Oh yeah. That's great. So Jimmy, you know, it's so, it's so clear that you're somebody who truly lives in ownership, right? You've, you've worked hard, you've done the hard work, you've, failed and then succeeded as a result. You've gotten stronger from 
some really difficult moments. And as you, you talked about, you spent 18 months of your life with you and your brothers really learning the ins and outs of the business to, to get to where you're at today. Not only that, but you also practice your own personal self-leadership to be the great CEO that you are today. So what I would love to hear from you, this is, this is one of our listeners' favorite questions that we ask every single one of our guests is what in, in a sentence or a quick phrase, what to you is your definition of ownership? Ooh, I don't know how poetic I'm going to be here. Uh, but I think ownership is, is synonymous to me with, with uh, responsibility, right? We are responsible for our own outcomes. We are responsible for our own happiness. You know, we are responsible for everything in our lives, you know, and I think it's, it's very easy to, to point fingers and, and blame of like, oh, I didn't get that job because my boss is a bad person, right? Or uh, I didn't, I was late to the office today because so and so there was traffic, you know, there's a lot of things that are outside of our control, but um, for us, ownership, or for me, at least ownership is, is controlling the entire experience, you know, taking responsibility uh, for not everything that I, I am responsible for, but everything that also happens to me, you know, uh, and it's not to, to me, it's not specifically that everything happens for, for a reason, rather than love of all things that happen to me. You know, I can't change that I'm stuck in traffic, or I can't change that, that uh, the coffee isn't selling as fast as, as I wanted it to in this, this one account. But uh, how I respond to that is, is really my definition of ownership. I love it. Absolutely love it, Jimmy. So beyond just finding you in every retail location, getting super coffee into people's homes, where can people follow you as well as the brand? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Jimmy DeSico5. I'm on LinkedIn at Jimmy DeSico. Uh, and then super coffee is drinksupercoffee.com. Um, drink super coffee on, on uh, Instagram. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm around, obviously love this stuff. Uh, Justin and Elise, love you guys for, for, for bringing me on. But if any of your, your listeners or, or followers or friends have, have questions, I mean, I'm, I'm available on all of those platforms. It's one of the things I love about you, Jimmy, is you're accessible you're, and you're, you're relatable, you're personable, and you've got a, a brand that has just created a massive change in the uh, ecosystem of, uh, of what big brands are, and you're changing the game. And something we always say is own your different, be different. And, and you've done an amazing job of that. So listeners, as you guys go forward, understand that whether you're in humble beginnings or you've already grown your business to be where you're at, everything stems back to your core values. Everything stems back to what do you put in place and what do you focus on? And next time that you're trying to figure out what are my core values? Have I not established those? Have I not put the company at a place to succeed? Go back to coach, go back to curiosity, optimism, ambitious, compassionate, humility, and think about what you stand for. So when somebody sits here and says, What's your company stand for? You can rip them off just like Jimmy did. You don't have to think about them. There's something that you literally live by. It's something that you authentically show. And when you do that, it comes out in your brand and it comes out in the success in which you show up in everyday life. And make sure that we love the journey. Love all things that happen to us because when we can control what we can control, that's living in ownership. And ownership takes us to the next place. Ownership is different. Own your different. And we'll see you next week.